We've got some fresh new young talent doing some things that I know you haven't heard before. One, two, three, listen. You gotta have a like the why, and we know our why. So I think you don't need to reinvent the wheel. Yeah. Millions and millions of people have done this already. You can get help, you can get a roadmap, you can save a lot of time, money, and frustration. Welcome to the Value Add Podcast with K&K. Hey everybody, we're back. We are back. And we're talking about why home ownership is dead. At least in our life it is. <laughs> Everybody's laughing. I was like, is it dead? Is it dead? That that's the, that is a topic of conversation. Home ownership is dead. We're actually talking about that over here. What I will say is the conventional idea of home ownership is certainly not the same as it's it used changed. To be. Yeah. Yeah, the days of um let's see, graduate college, get a job, get married, have kids, buy the house, the cars. I think um that's been pushed out. I think kids are now a lot of kids are if they're even graduating college, if they are graduating college, well, unfortunately for you, you probably have a pile of debt. And if you got a job, it's probably not the job that you wanted, especially maybe it's better now, but 10 years ago is terrible. But you know, a lot of kids came out of the college into the recession. It was terrible. So they had college debt, um, couldn't find a job. If they did, it was not enough to pay the bills. So they had to live at home, which isn't a bad thing. Honestly, I would, I would have, these days, a lot of kids are living at home as long as possible, save up for a house or something. Yeah. I mean, and I think, you know, for us, again, we're talking about creating generational wealth and investing your money and things. Um, just like Grant Cardone says or Robert Kiyosaki says, I mean, we totally subscribe. We 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 drink that Kool-Aid. It's like... A home is a liability. It's not an investment. And so I, I do hear people say, you know, your home is your home. Who cares what price you pay for it? Who cares about this or that or the other thing? Well, the truth of the matter is it could be like an anchor in your life. So you could be like a sinking ship, you know, with your home. It's, you know, something that you have to pay for every month. You have your mortgage that comes. You have your taxes and insurance. That's the stuff that's set. But then you have to, like, maintain the house and keep it up. And even if you just maintain it and keep it up, then there's certain things that you want to do. So to the house like you want to make it nicer you want to do additions you want to buy new furniture you want to do the landscaping like all these things so if you're a renter or you don't own a home then you you just pay the rent every month somebody else is responsible for doing all that stuff um so that's one side of like you know you don't have to own a home but there's a couple of different ways that people are doing it now i mean kenny you do residential financing so i mean you're seeing other people look at home ownership even differently than just saying I'm going to stay a renter and not buy anything. Um, so that's one side of it. But then there's the other side about how about I purchase units and I live in one unit. That is my home. But I'm getting rent that pays for most, if not all, of the mortgage. Probably not all because where we live. But yeah, I mean, look, we're not – we don't live in Texas. We don't live in Oklahoma. We don't live in Ohio. Um, and I get it there, you know, if you make a hundred thousand dollars between both of you, you could probably go get a house. It's a lot cheaper. It's a lot easier, but here in San Diego, um, where everybody wants to live, that's why it's expensive because a lot of people do want to live here. 
um, it's expensive. And so a lot of people, they work hard and they make their money. And like Crystal says, they look at the, to buy a house and they're like, okay, well, I want to go live here. And that house costs money. And when they take the down payment and they put it down and they take the taxes, insurance and the everything, it's expensive. And then they're like, I'm broke. I don't have any money. And that formula for a lot of people is not really making any sense. And that's why when we say is home ownership dead, that's one of the things is it's like is being house poor dead. Then maybe they watch their parents be house poor for their whole lives. And they're like, I don't want to live like that. Because people, a lot of people now, there's the internet. They want to go travel the world. They see things online. It's different. You know, 30 years ago, 20 years ago, we didn't have the internet that we do now. You know, so I think a lot of people want to be more mobile. They want to move. They want options. They don't want to be tied down, number one. Because look, when you have to move and sell a house, it's it's expensive too. And if you don't have any equity or equity, it could be wiped. wiped. So I think, I think what we're saying is, is that a lot of people come to us like, well, you know, Yes, if you want to buy a house and that's what you want to do, then go buy a house. No problem. But for a lot of people, they are like, but I want to think more like you. I think differently. You know, I want to think like a Robert Kiyosaki or Grant Cardone, but I want to buy something. But I have this much money. We make this much income and I only want to make pay this kind of a payment. So what are my options? Right. And, and in a place like San Diego, there might it's limited. So like Crystal said is. Then we go, okay, let's look at options. Other options are you could stay renting and buy an investment property. Maybe you don't have enough money. Maybe you go in partnership with other people and buy an apartment building. And you just keep doing that. And eventually one day later down the road, you just buy a house and that's what you do because that's what people do too. But for most people, they want to own something. I think they want to feel like they own it. They want to you know, try to gain appreciation, have some, there's is some tax write-offs and things like that. And they want to feel like they have a home. So what are the other options, you know? Um, and that's where two to four units come into play and not to get like dive into detail about how to qualify and all that. But basically what Crystal was saying is, is let's just take a three or four unit property. I'd rather use those is you can go buy a million dollar property. If you qualify, you can put three and a half percent down. Yes. Three and a half percent down. And basically, cause I know this scenario in my head, I'll tell you, we'll go to Crystal for the cash flow, but Basically, let's say your payment all in with principal interest, taxes, insurance, and mortgage insurance. Let's call it $6,100. So you bought a million dollar place, your loan amounts 900 and well, it's three and a half percent down. So that's 30 something. So you're nine, 970 ish. You're 970,000. Your payment's $6,100. Okay, Crystal. And I got a three unit and I bought it in South Park. Mm-hmm. So now. Let's back into what is it? So if I if I just bought a million dollar house and I did that, I have a sixty one hundred dollar payment. You have to make a lot of money to afford that payment, plus to drive a car to That's have food. That's PITI. Yeah, no PITI and MI everything. Everything sixty one. So let's say a house sixty one hundred dollars. You got to make a lot of money because you have other expenses and you want to travel. You want to do things. So <laughs> let's take that in a three unit, and I've got. I live in the front house. It's a three bedroom, one bath, let's say. And then I've got a two bedroom, one bath and a one bedroom, one bath, right? Mm-hmm. So what are we looking at for, for for cash flow? What are we looking at for rent? I mean, probably on the one bedroom, you're probably easily like 1600 okay. maybe seventeen. So we got 1600 And then on a two bedroom, you're probably at least two grand. Okay. So we're at $3,700. Yep. 
So thirty-seven hundred dollars minus sixty-one hundred dollars. Paco, what what is that? I got the numbers. Say it again. Thirty. Uh, sixty-one hundred minus thirty-seven hundred dollars. Sixty-one hundred minus thirty-seven hundred. Oh boy. Yep. Twenty-four hundred. Twenty-four hundred dollars. So now you live in a property for twenty-four hundred dollars a month. It's not bad. Monty likes that. See, yeah. so that is an option where you're not house poor. Somebody's paying your rents. And then Crystal, we can even go. There's another thing you can go into is you can. Could you improve those units? Could you get more rent and stuff like that? Yeah. But that or maybe you could turn one of the units into a vacation rental and make more money on that. And, and then your rent is almost like you're getting close to free. I mean, you're like maybe $1,500 a month is the average that you pay yeah, so or, you know, 1700, something like that. So now you're like, okay, well now I own a place. It's mine and it's the cheapest mortgage I'm ever going to have. I live in a neighborhood I want to live in. Yep. It's not a big house, but a big house. We already told you, even if you put down money, it's still going to cost you money. Like where we rented in Savita, let's just talk about it. We paid twenty eight fifty for a two bedroom, two and a half bath, and it had a loft. It could have been a three bedroom. Mm-hmm. That was to really buy that place and put twenty percent down, I think with HOA and everything, I think we factored payment was going to be what four thousand uh, dollars. No, it was like it was more like forty eight hundred dollars. Uh, let's in. just say forty five hundred dollars. Yeah, we paid twenty. Fifty for rent. I know you can write off, but I'm just telling plus, you. Plus, you didn't. You kept all that cash that you didn't have to put down too. So there's the down. Exactly, payment, but so. plus, it's your place. You got to things break. You got to pay, and it's that. And there's always maintenance over your. It's it's there's there's a couple thousand dollars a year. Right. Easily. It's never just your mortgage. Exactly. And insurance. It's exactly. always more expensive. So there's that. So if you take the same scenario you said in there, you could buy a four unit, and there's a two bedroom, one bath, a one bedroom, and a one bedroom. Well, Crystal just told you you're at twenty five hundred, and you take off another. Even fifteen hundred dollars, you're paying a thousand dollars. Yep. So, I think when we say home ownership's dead, is that a lot of people, and where we live, they cannot afford to buy a house, because I think there's a couple different types of people. There's one that you have, you couple has good jobs, they make you know one hundred fifty thousand together, right? Mm-hmm. So that's twelve thousand five hundred a month. That's pretty good, and then they got to pay taxes, obviously. But then they, it's very hard for them to save money. It takes time. So they're not, they can't go buy an $800,000 house, put $200,000 down and say, okay, I can afford the payment. They got to buy an $800,000 house. They can only put five or 10% down. So then they're stuck in this high payment. By the time they do this, they pay tax. They're like, I'm completely house poor broke. I literally am like right, racking credit cards to survive and live. And it seems to me, I mean, and like this is totally me generalizing, but this is what I see a lot and it seems like I see with even your business like first time home buyers that are coming to you a lot of times now they're excited they want the nice house they go and they look and they're like this is my budget whatever and then they're like oh like what I want isn't in that budget so then they start pushing up the budget of what they like want to pay for a house and then before you know it like they're pretty strapped to buy this house and they're like fully emotionally invested in getting this house so and they're stretching themselves so at that point like for me what I'm saying and the reason why I feel you know why I say home ownership is dead is that nobody wants to be strapped to their house like sure you want that house 100% want the house I want the house 
But guess what? I want to go on a vacation when I want to take it. If I want to go shopping and I want to buy something, I want to do it. I don't want to have to constantly well, you look. Have kids, and go, you have sports, you have yeah, school, have there's all, expenses. All these things. And then so every time you're looking at it and going like, well, I have this mortgage that I have to pay every month. So no, I have to limit, you know, going out to dinner with friends to, you know, twice a month and we have to budget and we have to go buy the like budget things because we want to live in this house. And then on top of that, if you want to create any sort of generational wealth at all or invest any sort of money, where's that fund? That fund is gone because you're living in this fabulous house that you dreamt of your whole life. So for me, it's about looking at your bigger goals. And for most people, owning a home doesn't really fit into the bigger goal. Like if you really are being honest with yourself, it doesn't fit into the bigger goal. Why? Because you're going to be strapped to this house. Yeah. So, I mean, look, a lot of people at some point, you're going to buy a house. Yes, I get it. We're not saying that. But there are people. So what we say is instead of buying a $600,000 house, go buy a million dollar four unit. Yeah. And then people back in, they go, wow. And like Crystal said, the great thing is, is that if you buy four units, and you convert one to vacation rental and you learn the business and you give yourself a year or two and you go, holy smokes, this thing I make, let's say you just make, you can make 1600, but you can double it. So now you make $3,200 and your payment was 24. So then you convert the other one. You literally, if you did it right, you could buy a house three and a half percent down. It could possibly be two units, two other, three units or four units. And if it's four units, you could almost make money to live there. Yeah. And it takes time to, uh, sometimes. So the, what I say to people too, is like for rents, even when people are just looking to buy an apartment building and not live in it, um, you know, in Southern California, at least you can kind of conservatively estimate that your rents are going to go up, let's say like 3% a year, but you're going to get that bump every year. So even though you're paying technically, let's say $2,500 on your mortgage now to live in this place, which is still like unheard of in Southern California, that you could own a home technically and pay only that. Um, now it's going down every year because you're going to get an average of conservatively a 3% increase. Like we talked about before, some years maybe it's zero, other years it might be six or 7%. But one way or another, over time, you're increasing your income on that property, which is further reducing the amount that you're paying for on a monthly basis. And you're probably even getting some appreciation. So now your home is an investment. It is a way that you are starting to create generational wealth where you're taking that first step into creating some sort of wealth for you, your family, your kids, whatever. So it is a step in that direction of not having a liability of actually having an asset that pays you. Yeah. And the other thing is to think about is that you get to run a property like that you get the experience with the management and running it and the tenants and the whole thing to see if this is something you really want to do. Yes. Um, but you know, you could fix it up. So I think a lot of people don't realize when you buy a house, they put all the money down is a lot of people like put all their money and they have nothing left. So something happens, there's an emergency, you gotta fix the roof or the AC. Like just cause you buy a place and everything checks out doesn't mean something can't happen where you have to fix it. And the other thing I always tell people where well, you're gonna buy two to four units, you have a tenant. So if a, you move in there and tenants like, I don't wanna live near the owner and they move out in the place to dump or whatever, you gotta have money too to also for, you know, fix these up and turn the units. So it's something else to think about 
in this scenario. So that's why I think if you can do the FHA three and a half percent down, save money to fix up the property, it's a, I think that's a way better scenario. So you have cash on the sidelines to fix up the property, improve those units to improve the rents. Yeah. And I mean, I think that's one of the things, um, we really kind of like practice what we preach. So, I mean, anybody who knows us knows that we don't own our home. In fact, some of our friends and things think we're crazy. Like, why aren't you buying a house? Why are you doing this? This is crazy. So they don't quite understand. And you're going to hear that a lot from other people because some people still have that dream of owning their own home or they want you to jump in the pool with them. They're already strapped for cash to pay their mortgage every month. And they're like, jump in and let's be strapped together. Let's be neighbors. (laughs) Yeah. So um, people do think that we're crazy, but we are renters. So we own apartment buildings, but we do not own a home. And it's probably not happening in the near future either. So um, it's something that we practice what we preach. It is absolutely true. Um, I do want to own a home uh even for me like it's something I do want but I also know that if I own a home that I'm going to spend a heck of a lot more than just pay the mortgage every month which is going to be more than what we pay for rent first and then there's going to be the maintenance and then there's going to be fixing it up and doing things on a regular basis that you want um it was interesting too because when we moved into our house the guy we were friendly with a guy who was moving out he was moving out to buy his own home and we've talked to him a handful of times since then um he's had some mail delivered or whatever and it was funny because he's like this damn house like every time I turn around like the thing that I thought was going to cost me $500 cost me $1,500 and you know then I think that's it and then something else breaks and I'm constantly doing things to this house this house is so expensive so it is like he First made the hand. comments like, yeah. maybe I should just stay here and kept renting. Yes. Because the cost. So we're not discouraging somebody to not buy a house. This message is not for everybody. Um, this message is, I think, for people that are not in a position or realize that they want to buy something. They can't go and afford a 4000 or $5,000 a month mortgage. Or even if they could, they're not interested in that because they want to save money to maybe buy their real estate or do other things, start a business, you know, work on their brand, put money back into their current business, whatever it is, is that take vacations, like you said, just have, have flexibility. I mean, to have extra money is just to have freedom. So when you lock all your money into a house, a lot of people is they've literally given away their freedom and um, good, bad or other, we've been around it for a long, long time. I just think some people at the end of the day, they wish if their payment's killing them, they wish it was cut in half. And there's other options to do that. Look, I mean, our number one goal has always been like paying your rent should be like no big deal to you every month. Like you should not be stressed about thinking how you're going to pay your rent every month or pay your mortgage every month. So when there is a time where I feel like I won't, I can go out and buy a house and it's no big deal to put that money down and it's no big deal to pay that mortgage every month and it's no big deal if I want to, you know, do an addition or redesign or do whatever I want to do, then that's the time for me to buy a house. That's the time where I go, well, I'll buy the house because whatever, you know, like who cares? That's that's not where we're at. So for me, I'm not interested in being strapped. For me, I'm interested in having freedom and flexibility and for me, I'm interested in getting cash flow rather than getting liabilities like if i want a liability i'll probably go out and buy like a nice purse or something and go like wow yay i just blew you know whatever a thousand bucks or 1500 bucks 
on a purse. I don't need to go blow, you know, $200,000 to pay $6,000 a month. You know, like that seems wild. Yeah. And I think the other thing too is um, I think it's smart for a lot of kids that are staying at home. I'm actually doing, you know, when I do a lot of purchases, it's amazing how kids were renting, couples, married, got out of their rental, moved back into home for a year or two with their parents. Their parents are like, no problem. I think they're older. It's They're all busy. And they're like, cool, you don't have to pay. Save up the money. And they go out and buy a home or buying units because that is the sacrifice they're willing to make because because they're like, if we keep renting, we're never going to be able to save enough. Our parents aren't gifting us money. And look, a lot of people in San Diego, I'd say young buyers, um, majority of them are getting gifts, you know, for their down payment or their parents are helping them out, whether it's 10% or 10 grand or 50% down, whatever it is. So my, my two cents is, is this is not a message to discourage you from buying a house. This is a message that if you want to buy a property, you want to buy a house and you want cash flow, and you might not have a lot down, what are the options to do? And I think at the end of the day that you do have options, um, it's maybe a two to four unit and you should look at that. And then it is, you would be buying more home, buying more property. But at the end of the day, when you slice and dice it down, your payment would be lower. And I think the best way to do is, is, you know, look, where do you want to live? What are the neighbors, the neighborhoods are and start looking at those two to four unit properties, see what they are, see what the rents are, you know, size of deals, get the, like we, I just gave you a payment of $6,200 on a million dollars. This it's somewhere around there, give or take, you know, hundred bucks or so you can run the numbers yourself and see, wow. Yeah. I could really buy this for 35,000 down. And basically I could pay $2,500 a month and live in a house in a neighborhood that I really want to live in. And you're have tenants paying your rent. And if like Crystal said, if you really want to take it to the next level, try a vacation rental model in there, which could double the income on that unit. Now all of a sudden the $2,500 you're paying might go down to a thousand dollars or you turn both of them. Now all of a sudden you're making a thousand bucks a month or you pay zero. And a lot of this really came out of the recession. Um, I remember even when, cause when we bought our house, our realtor had been renting out like rooms in his house for Airbnb or like, I think he was doing an Airbnb or something. But a lot of, we, we saw a lot of that happening is where even people who owned a home we're only making ends meet by renting out a room in their house or figuring out how to convert their garage into a unit and renting that out. So I, I think, you know, that was kind of the start of the mindset changing about home ownership is, is realizing that you can really get yourself in trouble if you're strapped. I mean, you can't always guarantee the income that you're making on a yearly basis. And we're at a point in the economy now where everybody's feeling good, everybody's making money and rates are low and everybody wants to buy. And, you know, everybody's kind of, you know, taking more time off and spending more and doing all this stuff and everything's great, great, great. <laughs> and it's all great until it's not anymore. And then you're like, wow, I built my entire life based on things being great and now they're not so great. What do I do? So, you know, you just don't want to be caught in that position. And my, our view of home ownership or not owning a home is not popular. Believe me, like even with some of our friends, they're like, yeah, right. Like I need my home. I need a yeah, home. I get it. You know, but um, for me, I need peace of mind and I need cash flow. Cash flow. Yeah. I want that and when I have cash flow that can pay for that house that I want then I'll get it so um, it's really just about again the mindset we talk about that all the time mindset and what are your goals and you need to prioritize them 
I just read a meme today that was really good. Um, like Warren Buffett said, like, write down all your goals and choose the top five that are the most important to you and then throw away the rest and never look at them again because um, they'll, they'll just take away from your like your top goals. So if one of your goals is to own a home, but you need, you need to figure out where that is on the list of priorities. Like for me, it's a higher priority item for me not to like worry financially. So that yeah. for me trumps owning a home. Yep. You know, I, I, it's not that I don't want one. It's just that I also want to be financially secure. I don't want to have stress in my life. I don't want to co- put that kind of pressure on my relationship or my family. So these are the kinds of things that we need to think about when we're so overcome with this idea of owning a home is like, okay, great. But maybe now's not that time. Maybe I just need to prioritize my wants. Yeah. And I think too, like a lot of people, they, um, here they go buy homes and, neighborhoods they didn't want to live in or really far away from work and that becomes a conflict of home because hey it used to be 10 minutes because we rented now you're 45 minutes each way and when you add that time up over a month and a year you're like basically you lost 30 days of your life or something like that you know driving so and with the whole model we just said the two to four units um you could stay in a nicer neighborhood because you're buying, you're only living in part of the property, you know? And so I think a lot of people, they go and they're like, oh, let's go buy in the, I remember a client one time, they went and bought in the suburbs and there, and they call me like, we're selling it. We made the biggest mistake. They went back to the beach and rented it. And eventually they saved up more money and they bought a house. But the point was, is like, that was not the answer for them. You know, moving really far away and trying to get that house with a good deal um, we know somebody else and they're like, I'm over this drive. You know, we all know somebody else in this room. Like they bought someplace in Escondido. Like I'm just over this drive. I'm really over it. It's, it's like two hours out of my day. And you and I know with people we know, if you go to Escondido, for example, and the traffic's bad, it could be three hours and you're really in a bad mood. So Crystal and I are like, we want to live 10 minutes away from all of our stuff in life because we want to be able to get home quick. That's what it is. And so Many people are like, not only like Chris said, you're sacrificing big payment. You put all your money down you saved to pay a bigger payment to maybe live somewhere you don't want to live. And you're putting, you're making all these sacrifices. It's like, to some people that that's like, yep, home ownership is dead. That doesn't even make any sense to me. But what we're saying is don't just check that box. What about this option over here? Maybe it's still alive, but maybe look at a two to four unit that's 10 minutes from your place Yes, you're going to buy more, but you're going to still pay less. And that's why I'm going to close it for me there. Yeah, I mean, I think uh, just like we'll make every possible excuse and sacrifice when we really, really, really want something, sometimes you need to just take a look at the flip side of the coin and say, okay, there's all these pros, but there's also cons to every situation and just take an objective look at, what am I sacrificing to get this thing? And what sort of positives am I getting from it besides just pure and utter joy? <laughs> yeah. Because that wears off. Um, so, uh, like, we do pros and cons for so many things. Um, decisions and and in our homes life. are emotional decisions for a lot of people. It's super, super emotional. emotional. Yeah. And that, that's a, it's an okay thing. But when it comes to money, emotional decisions usually don't, usually at like Chris said at the end they're not the right decision especially with money well and just like when you buy something I mean we were just saying this too because I think um some people are addicted to that emotion they get when they buy something 
Um, it is an addiction, I think, just like anything. So when you want nice things or you love shopping or you love, you know, and everybody has their thing that they love. Like for girls, it might be I love shoes or I love purses or guys might love watches or whatever it is that you love. Um, sometimes you, you, you need to look at it too because if, if you really take a, a strong look at the things that you want in your life, they do bring you joy. But for how long? Is it 10 minutes? Is it a week? Is it a month? And then you have to see what kind of joy it's going to bring you to pay that mortgage every month. So those are the things that you just need to think about. It's There's pros and cons to everything. Um, and if you still are going to have joy writing that check every month, then maybe homeownership is for you. But you really got to put yourself in that space and think like, what kind of joy am I really getting out of this? Because it does come with a price tag as much as we want to say money That's doesn't a- matter. It comes with a price tag. Yeah, that's a great point. And I think I'm going to leave with this is like out of all the clients I know that have sacrificed and had the cash flow, trust me, at 60 years old, the joy of 20,000, 30,000, 100,000, whatever it is coming in every month and they can travel and do whatever they want and they sacrifice their younger, trust me, that joy trumps the house and this because when you're 60 or 50, you don't want to be grinding and hustling because that house payment, like you might be stepping up and stepping up because you're getting that pattern to stepping up. So homeownership, is it dead? Yes. No, <laughs> it's not dead. I think how your mindset, I think the mindset around homeownership is for a lot of people is dead. Yes. Yes. And I think we need, there. Crystal and I just gave you a couple nuggets of how we view things and we decided we would have bought um, the three or four unit, but we decided to rent and then we decided to basically buy apartments until we get enough cash flow that would pay for our house. But that's their strategy. But if we can help you with your strategy, maybe talk this over. Maybe if you're struggling with decisions, hopefully this helps. Let us know. Reach out to us. Again, my name is Kenny Simpson. We're alongside with Crystal Moore. Thanks for listening. Talk to you guys soon. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.